24 Karat Pictures presents a Shattered Dreams production. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Oksana. A Lithuanian girl with an American dream. WW Universe, let me entertain you. Nick Dikopoulos, hmm? United States Immigration. I got a letter from United States Immigration yeah. saying that there is some problems with my working paper. Oh. If the issue isn't resolved soon, I could be deported. You're gonna be just fine. We will fix this. A knight in golden armor comes to her rescue. I know all this immigration stuff is driving you crazy and it's scaring you, right? Yes. But we have options. What options? There is no option. We could get married. What did you say? Tonight, Oksana, will you marry me? Yes! On a very special NXT, celebrate the union of Goldust and his NXT rookie diva, Oksana, as they are joined in golden matrimony. I told you that I would do anything to help you. All of your immigration problems, gone. Oh. We'll take care of this together. The future is now. Welcome back to another episode of Half K NXT. Your boy Primo Nando and your boy with them things, Larry. Larry, Mister Mister Bell. <laughs> yeah, that's my cousin. <laughs> yep. Goddamn right. <laughs> we were just talking about earlier of how often we look at Wikipedia pages and if we can keep track. I'm pretty sure you can. But uh, maybe we don't need to know. <laughs> you know what? I really don't think so. Because I think about the stuff that I be looking up or the people that I look up. I'm like, why am I always looking you up? Yeah. What, what is it about you that I either you be in the news all the time or I just didn't read the last 30 times I looked you up. So I'm like, all right. But it is what it is, man. And it happens. We look up certain people over and over and then we're intertwined. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think there's a thing on Google where it does show you how many times you've visited a website. But I think it goes away once you uh, clear cash and cookies and yeah, all, it, all that goodness. Um, yeah. So I, I know I've done that before. It is like I know like when I was working, it was like I'd be doing Google on my work email. Mm -hmm. So it's like, of course. In between stuff, you looking that person up, so you're not gonna get yeah. the same stuff if they're pulling from like your personal. Yeah, but it is what it is, man. It is what it is. Yes, very much so. Awesome. So welcome back, everyone. If this is your first time tuning in, then uh, welcome, welcome. Shame on you too. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just keep it real. If this is your first time listening to any of them. I don't know what you're doing, but if you were just like in somebody's house or a dorm room and they were listening to it and you walked by and now you're getting into it, that's fine. Yeah. I think we also got a new wave of listeners after the one year anniversary because since we tried to hype that up as much as possible, mm. then a lot of people have started with episode one now since they are uh, they were trying to celebrate with the 10 year anniversary. Mm, okay. Yeah. So right. in case if you're in that new wave, definitely welcome and definitely go through season one and season two and we are literally in the heart of it with season three right now uh so this episode is going to be pretty different just because in uh when you really think about it it is a very important episode because it's the finale of this storyline well i guess not season finale but it's more of a payoff for this long storyline that we've been having so far with Goldust and Oksana because they are celebrating and doing their wedding on this episode and on top of that this is also the second elimination so it's a pretty jam-packed episode 
alone. But what was interesting is that how you and I both somehow saw this episode 10 years ago, but not the version that's on the network. <laughs> a very interesting episode where it was uploaded to their YouTube channel at the time, where it was the production leak where <laughs> Kevin Dunn actually is. Uh, you can hear Kevin Dunn do his production calls throughout the entire episode not even just a segment the entire episode that's awesome yeah so this was really crazy to hear back in the day because you just think it, it was because I, I think from time to time we've definitely heard some of his uh some of his calls when there's like a bad feed on an episode of raw mm-hmm. where you can kind of just hear him just say uh cut to camera something but this is legit the the entire episode is just his entire commentary where in in my case, because I watch this version and you watch the standard WWE net, network version, that this is the first time where it's throughout the entire episode. And I didn't hear any of the commentary, so I'm definitely going to rely on you to, <laughs> to let me know what our boy Michael Cole and uh, Josh did throughout the episode. Oh, man. But for me, I mostly just heard the promos with anytime there was a live mic with Matt Stryker or whenever the uh, the rookie divas were on the mic, but other than that, I did not hear anything with the uh, the broadcasters. So it shall be a very interesting episode that we're going to cover here. <laughs> oh man! So yeah, we'll uh, we'll get started because I would think it's a pretty jam packed episode that we're going to go through. So so much happened in this episode, and then as a just a regular ass wrestling fan mm-hmm. nothing happened for you oh yeah like, <laughs> there's a there's a ton of i have a ton of fun facts after this episode so definitely stay tuned for that but yeah you know um this is i was watching this episode and i actually was um having a good time while i was happening watching this episode too like mm-hmm. it was it had me in there engaged. I looked at the outline for it and I saw that there was only one match, but I said, you know what? I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With this, so, there's just so many like mini segments and little segments in there. That's enough to just kind of keep your mind going while you're watching it. Mm-hmm. This episode is technically episode 37. It is on November 2nd, 2010 at the arena at Harbor Yar? 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 <laughs> Harbor Yar? I think we should really rehearse these before. <laughs> yes. Nah, man, we gotta do it extemporaneously. <laughs> yes, the arena, natural. the arena at Harbor Yer in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Technically, this is the same. I don't know if it's the same venue, but it's the same hometown as NXT Takeover Twenty Five at Good Old Bridgeport, <laughs> Bridgeport, Connecticut. <laughs> Wait a minute, is that the one that Mansoor took from us? Shh. <laughs> <laughs> that name, we, that name that we should not speak of. <laughs> it's not Kevin Dunn. Is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, go ahead and uh, lead us through this episode, sir. Bro. So um, the first thing they go into is is kind of what the whole episode ended up being kind of about and surrounding was mm-hmm. the big um, Goldust and Exana wedding. Mm-hmm. So they did the recap. Quick little, you know, good little uh, like video segment of just how they got there to there. So they go from, you know, her getting the call from the immigration yeah, dude yeah. to Goldust finding out and then going to the wedding and then hence we're now here yeah <laughs> man is it and you just like you get that and then we go to striker in ring chilling doing his thing and he gets ready to set up this first segment uh-huh so uh this was also pretty funny because it was like the commentary they're still being um Kind of like how they just don't give a F with like kind of mm-hmm. how they're doing it. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> like he brings all the divas out for a kissing contest and they're all like standing in the ring. And then one of them says something and then he goes, oh, no, I was just reacting to Michael Cole. Oh, yeah. That's what I, I, <laughs> I remember. Was like, Whoa, I remember like that fourth wall with the commentary. I really wish I heard what he had said there because, yeah, with this, I couldn't hear any of the the things that Josh and Cole were saying. So I really do want to go back and listen to what he actually, that's a, this is a good episode. Yeah. Man. And then, um, so they have the kissing contest and, uh, of course, you know, they can't do anything without a special guest, <laughs> their special little guest horn swaggle. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was interesting here is that 
This is the first time I could actually talk about the actual WWE signature at the very beginning before the promo package and the intro to the show. Hmm. Because this is when uh, Kevin Dunn is already calling his uh, his production instructions. So it was kind of interesting where I never knew this. I don't know if they're still doing, still doing this now because, you know, WWE has changed so much in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. But during this whole thing, Dunn was actually talking to Josh and Cole. You can't hear Josh and Cole. This is literally you just hear Kevin Dunn just talk to people and react to whenever people are talking to him. Mm-hmm. But in this intro, he was actually just asking either Josh or Cole, like whoever wants to open the show, just let me know. So I never knew that they actually just had an open choice at that point. Mm. So it was kind of interesting. And I'm guessing at this point, then Michael Cole just said like, Oh, it's fine. I'll, I'll lead us in or something like that. Mm, yeah. Cause so, the show did start off with Michael Cole. Yeah. So that's a, that was a pretty cool thing that I had never n- known that based on how they start the show. I always thought it was just standard that the lead announcer was going to open this in, but yeah, at the very begin, the very, very beginning of this version of the episode, he just says like, oh, yeah, whoever wants it, Josh or Cole can lead us in. So I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, that's dope. OK. Yeah. Um, so when uh, when Hornswoggle came out, did yeah. he make make any cues for he him? Did. To go out? So it was kind of it was a good thing that you are leading this episode because I didn't want to spoil it. So at the very beginning of the the kissing contest, when they are introducing all the uh, the girls. And then once everyone is in the ring, then he's already calling what's next. So as soon as like that part of the segment is done, then he's like, all right, cue uh, Hornswoggle's music and stuff like that. So mm. it's, it's so crazy just to see that. Yeah, everything is so formatted where he's already getting everything ahead of time. Where even when the uh, the rookie divas were coming down, he was getting he was giving cues of. Oh, uh, get the NXT theme ready here. Uh, make sure to start it here. And then once everyone's in the ring, start fading in three, two, one. So he's literally doing everything that you see production wise. He's, he's literally calling it on. Wow. As it's going. So, yeah. So wrestling. So, yeah, that was the part that I thought was interesting is that I knew about Hornswoggle coming out as soon as like all the women were in the ring just because he's getting all those, oh, all those cues ready. Wow. That's off the hook. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. Uh, so Hornswoggle comes out. So they have they have the the divas lined up. It's mm-hmm. Caitlyn, Maxine, Naomi, and then uh, AJ and Oksana's last. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Hornswoggle comes out, and he's you know he's gonna kiss uh, Caitlyn first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like he gets to Caitlyn, and you know they play back and forth, and then they finally do it, and he's like, oh, okay, cool, and then. He goes over to Maxine, who, oh, of yeah. course, he's been beefing with the whole season. Yeah, yeah. And then she talks about how um, she not kissing him and her place is at the top or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and then, uh, and then from there, uh, I think she refused to kiss him, and they eject him out. And then they bring oh, yeah, out. She tells him to just get yeah, out of here. Like, get yeah. out of here. And he leaves. And then, like, you just hear the music hit. And then it's Cody Rhodes. And he goes, wow. And then, like, I was sitting there because I was. And then uh, I heard his music hit. And I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And I was like, oh, it's. What did I put? I said, the boy Cody. <laughs> and then um, he came out. And then he came out with this little mirror. And I was like, oh, is it dashing? It's so dashing. And he did it. And he's all suited up and booted. And he came out and talked about how he was obviously there for his brother's wedding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this the, the, the moment and the opportunity for him to come over there was like perfect. Yeah. So like on your end, at what point did you know when like. Cody was going to get sent out there. Yeah, it was, it was kind of the same thing where as soon as they were doing that part with Maxine and Hornswoggle of of her just ushering him out. Mm-hmm. At this point, it was still really hard to hear because, yeah, the, the live mics are turned up to the same level. So it dominates whatever Kevin Dunn is saying. Mm-hmm. But you can still kind of hear him during those moments where he's like, oh, OK, yeah, uh, at this point, get uh, Cody's music ready and then. They were saying, oh, the other cool part about now that you mention it is when they kicked <laughs> Hornswoggle out, they he had made the call for the cameraman to literally follow him the whole way until he gets up to the stage. Because at that point, yeah, they're going to reveal that Cody Rhodes is about to come out. Mm. So I, that, I thought that was a really cool production shot because, yeah, as opposed to 
the cameraman not being ready and missing the shot they just told him okay just follow hornswoggle as he's like walking all the way up to the entrance again just so they can catch cody Rhodes coming out so nice yeah it's a it's a pretty cool way of of watching it especially now just hearing how you're describing it i'm like oh okay so that's what was really happening as Mm, as he's calling everything okay yeah Yeah, so then uh we get cody out there he cuts a promo um, he's kind of going through the kisses, like you know, like it's a promo at the same time. When he gets to Caitlyn, mm-hmm. he uh he pulls out like some lip balm. Yeah, yeah. And, like <laughs> he has his mirror out and he's putting it on hella slow. And then he like gives her a kiss, and then he like looks unimpressed. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, "What?" And so she gives him another kiss, and he's like, "Hmm, all right." And then he like moves on over to Maxine, all yeah, smooth. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, she was about to kiss him. And he pulled out some like, uh, what is that? Like some mouth spray. Mm-hmm. And then he's about to spray it in his mouth, but he sprayed it in her mouth. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> and, and then from there, she was like, no, uh, you got to kiss my hand. And he was like, all right, whatever. Did that. Moved on hella smooth over to Naomi. Yeah. And then he was talking to her and she was like, no, I'm not kissing you. Even if you was the last man on the <laughs> earth, it's pretty and I good. Was like, <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, yep, she told you, buddy." Yeah, and he's like, "Well," and he had like his little lips to eat. Well, <laughs> even what he said something that was like hell smooth and clever, and he said, and he basically oh, told her yeah. that she had too much junk in the trunk. He was saying, uh, <laughs> "Well, something about baggage." I forgot what he had said. If it was there's. I'm already. I already have too much baggage. Or, I, yeah, uh, I, I already get and see my fair share of baggage. But <laughs> judging from you, <laughs> it looks like you already have enough. And he like moved on over there, <laughs> <laughs> and he just moved on super smooth. Stop the music! Stop hey. the music! What a shock! Oh. She's gonna talk. Uh uh-uh. uh Look, Cody, you dashing and all. But I wouldn't kiss you if you was the last man on earth. Not only that, you want me to kiss them lips after them two? You must be crazy. You must be crazy. This is one competition challenge that I want to lose, so keep it moving. Okay, well, that's smart. I respect your resolve, Naomi. I must tell you, though, I have plenty of ladies already carrying around my bags and clearly you've got a little bit too much baggage for me to begin with <laughs> so uh they had them all lined up oksana is missing from this because oh, right. uh they wanted to give her i think what point wise she was like yeah i forgot i forgot to mention no way she could get immunity or something like that yeah i forgot to mention that at the very beginning yeah as the as the women are getting into the ring, then he asked one of the production guys to also get the scorecard ready too. Mm. So I thought that was pretty cool. And yeah, they had mentioned that because Oksana mathematically can't catch up anymore because she had scored zero throughout the last few mm. weeks, then she's excused. But I think it was more of the fact that she had to go get ready for Yeah, she had to go get ready for her wedding. <laughs> yeah. So they was like, Oh, we're just gonna do you a favor and give you some time off because you weren't gonna win nothing anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so he moved on. He we got Cody, he moved on, smoothed over to AJ. Oh, and was yeah. like, you know, I know you've probably never kissed a boy before, <laughs> let alone a dashing man <laughs> like myself <laughs> so good he's like this is your chance and then like she gives him like the wildest kiss and he was like blowing off his feet mm-hmm. supposed to be all super impressed and he yeah. got up and then you know he goes over back to striker they announce uh aj is a winner yeah you know, so, so at that point he I think Matt, yeah, Matt Striker went over to Cody to ask him who he liked best, and uh, he picked AJ for the win. So I believe at this point, Ni- uh, Naomi is still in the lead with three, mm-hmm. but now AJ has moved up to second place with two, and Caitlin and Maxine are tied at, at one. What was kind of cool with this part is as soon as the uh, uh, as soon as they announced the winner, then yeah, Kevin Dunn, Kevin Dunn is also giving instructions for the next cameraman to to do a pan to uh, the commentators. But it's kind of interesting where throughout the whole thing, he doesn't instruct the cameraman when they need to just like switch cameras 
randomly from the close up cam to the far away cam to the hard cam. He doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't give any of those instructions. So I'm guessing someone else actually does more of the cinematography mm. uh, direction because the only things that he leads are just when a segment moves to a different segment. So at this point, when they finish that competition, then he's already kind of counting down to the next segment, which is going to the commentator's desk with uh, Michael Cole and, and Josh. And you, you saw Michael Cole wearing that uh, tuxedo, yeah, yeah, the, the tuxedo <laughs> t-shirt going. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting that, yeah, as a producer slash head of uh, executive producer, I believe his role is mm-hmm. that he was just calling the direction and the format of the show, as opposed to actually directing each shot that we were seeing from, uh, from time to time. Mm. I think he also was kind of, uh, kind of staging whenever there was going to be replays or highlights that they wanted to use later in the episode. Mm. And I'll get more to that once we start getting into the matches. But it was kind of cool because you kind of see the behind the scenes magic where once the camera is on Michael Cole and Josh, then he's giving direction to another producer who's with the with the diva rookies in ring and saying like, okay, tell them to, to get out of there. And because they need to start getting set up for the next segment. So I thought that was pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then we have our backstage promo. here. <laughs> yeah, man, we go on a little backstage <laughs> journey with AJ and Primo who start the show or, uh, AJ is walking down the hall. Yeah. And then Primo comes running behind her and he goes, Hey, AJ, she's like, Hi, oh, Primo. And then, uh, he's like, you know, Seen you out there kissing on that dashing man. <laughs> that dashing man himself made me a little jealous. And then AJ was like, oh, word. Man, that's crazy because I've been wanting to tell you something. But can we go somewhere in private? And yeah. then he was like, word, let's go. And then it looked like they were going to cut to a commercial. But they go over and then they find his room and they open the door. And then they open it up. And it's the Bella Twins and American Dream Dusty Rhodes, says Primo. Or Primo exclaims. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, daddy, I'm back here with the Bella Twins. I got my twins. <laughs> oh, oh, man. And so he's back there and he's got two ladies with him. He's super smooth, suave and dabbing there. And, and then. They were like, oh, maybe we got to go somewhere else. And they go somewhere else. Man, was there more to that? Or was it? That was that was, that, it, that right? was, that was yeah. literally it. Yeah. Oh, God. Because even here I had that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kevin was just kind of counting them down into the commercial break after that mm. at that point. So, yeah. Cool. So when we come, uh, when we come back from commercial, this was kind of cool where before the match started, which was Alicia Fox and Kelly Kelly. Yeah. He even uh, calls for the ring bell. So. He, I guess the, I, I think we've known this for a while. I, I know that the the referees are also mic'd as well, mm-hmm. but it's interesting where he even tells when the referee should uh, ring for the bell. Mm. So it's not a, uh, it's not just a normal call that the referees go out there and say. They just have to wait for their cue to actually instruct the the ring. Well, winger. <laughs> I, I've heard the name so many times and I'm blanking out on the name. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> ring? No, no, it's not ring bearer, bear uh, bell ringer, bell ringer. Oh my gosh! I am so sorry, folks. <laughs> we will look this up afterwards because I am drawing a blank. Because yeah, me too. Because I know that they've definitely said it a million times when there's been a guest commentator, guest ring announcer, and. Timekeeper. Time <laughs> yeah, yeah. It only worked when I started breaking it. It's like, oh man, what's that last one? Yes, timekeeper. It's timekeeper. That person rings the bell and keeps time. Yeah, and keeps time, apparently. <laughs> Got it. All right. So we get the timekeeper to ring the bell on Kevin Dunn's mark. Mm-hmm. And then we're heading into our first match of the evening, slash. which happens to be our last <laughs> match of the evening. Technically, it's the only <laughs> match of the evening. It's the also the main event. <laughs> <laughs> so that means it's the opening of the card and the main event. Yes. <laughs> Boom. Alicia Fox versus Kelly Kelly. And you're like, wait, what? They not even contested. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, oh, so I, I sorry, I missed out on this. So 
I was never sure if the backstage segments were live segments or pre pre recorded. So apparently they are live segments because when Dusty Rhodes was with the Bella Twins backstage, then you kind of hear Kevin Dunn saying like, "Okay, as soon as they're finished, uh, make sure that they rush back to the to the stage." Oh Jesus! So then, yeah, you can kind of see it in this match where Kelly Kelly and Alicia Fox are going head you know, one-on-one for some reason that uh, the Bella twins are already back on the stage, just sitting in the, uh, mm. on the stage area. So yeah, I, that answers the question. If, uh, if those were actually taped or not, <laughs> man, that's crazy. You know, what else is crazy that I just kind of like concocted in my head right now, just thinking about like Alicia Cox, Alicia Fox <laughs> versus Kelly Kelly. Uh-huh. And like how we just kind of seen Alicia Fox and Kelly Kelly at the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Was that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Well, or, I don't, no, I don't you've think... seen Kelly Kelly because she runs the same spot with everybody. Yeah. The head scissors spin around. And I feel like Alicia Fox and Kelly Kelly happened so many times during this season at some way or another that to where you kind of know what you're about to get with their matches. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be perfectly honest. They're really not that bad. Yeah. Like yeah, they yeah. work good with each other. Like they have certain things they do all the time, like the head scissors spin all the time. And then, you know, uh, Kelly Kelly always hits that loot there's and then you're gonna get a tilt a world backbreaker that looks really good from alicia fox yeah and a beautiful northern light suplex and a scissors kick yeah and then a roll-up finish yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that's how that goes and that's that you know what we didn't get that because yes <laughs> kelly kelly laid her out with a famous <laughs> so but this is a a modified version right she did that was you know what that was that was a rocker dropper ah okay because uh marty janetti used to do it like that yeah 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 that's what i was gonna say i had also uh the fame master as well but i also said i'm gonna ask larry what mm. technically it is because it's yeah, a, that's, like the, a, uh, that's the rocker dropper mm-hmm. i don't even know what the actual like if you was to break down what is that like leg bulldog a face breaker i think i remember seeing it say leg lariat on on the old the old uh nah, that's what um Dean, oh that's Dean uh, malenko and uh and oh no that's running a, that's uh zach Ryder's move never mind yeah it, he jumping was, leg yeah, lariat. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 never mind okay um <laughs> so yeah i uh i guess oh leg drop bulldog okay yeah, yeah. leg drop bulldog aka the rocker dropper yeah aka Fame master. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, she dropped her with that. And I was, oh, because like, I I don't know. There was a, I don't even want to say that there was a, a mistiming because it looked dope, but it mm-hmm. just looked like she took a bump harder than she needed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was still tight because she just kind of like hooked the arm, put the leg over. And I was like getting mad because I thought she was going to do an overdrive. Yeah. And then she like jumped and dropped her. I was like, oh, it was tight. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that match was two minutes and two, one second. Two minutes and one second. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it was interesting because to me, it felt longer just because I had seen, well, I was kind of watching it, but I mostly saw the finish because I was really just like zoned into uh, what Kevin Dunn was saying, mm-hmm. because this is where I could actually hear him the most because there's no commentary and they also lower the sound of the arena. Mm-hmm. So you can really just hear Kevin Dunn's instructions throughout this whole matchup. So, yeah, just kind of a quick recap where he uh, at the beginning of the show, he said he was having issues trying to hear whoever's who whoever he was talking to in Stanford, because I guess that's where they also do the. Uh, the core editing where I think he's still just either in the truck or in a different spot where he's not working directly with whoever's editing the show where he's just kind of watching the um, I guess he's probably just watching the show kind of like how Michael Cole and Josh are where they're just kind of watching it and he's just probably just giving instructions to his team who are actually editing the show on the, on the fly. Mm. And yeah, he was saying at first that he couldn't hear who he was talking to at Stanford, but he finally got the, he finally got a better reception and he was talking to some guy named Rico. And I looked it up. That's why I was like asking you like, wait, how long was Rico there? And then I was like, Oh no, he's only, he was only there for two years. I really thought Rico was there for a good 10 years or so, but you know, <laughs> I felt the same way about um, Brian Kendrick. Oh, right. Like, I yeah. thought his, like, before they brought him back for the CWC, I thought he was there, like, the whole time. So when they brought him back, I was like, where did you go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought, yeah, I know how that is, man. Some dudes, you just think they never left. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, other than that, he he also doesn't see the matches, I guess, which is kind of interesting. I think he just sees, 
the format because or I guess he probably watches the matches, but he's just more focused on the actual production to make sure everything's set up where he knew that the segment overall was going to be four minutes roughly. So I think he was counting for the match being two minutes and then the other time being the the replays mm. and then for like co- your entrances. Yeah, 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 yeah. OK, so he had called it saying that, yeah, uh, it's four minutes. But he also said that, you know, it, it's not the end of the world if you go over by a minute or two. And I think this was only a luxury because they were on dot com at that point. Mm. I would I would assume that he was probably going to be more strict if it was, if it was Raw or Smackdown. Mm. But yeah, it was this match. It was really I mean, this was the only match, so this is the only one I can kind of give this critique based on his production calls. Because same thing, he, I think he had seen something earlier in the match where maybe when they first started like fighting each other, where he had said like, "Oh, okay, make sure to timestamp this uh, timestamp where we'll use it for the replay." And I think that's what they used, and then they used the the fame master as the 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 last replay clip. Mm. So. But even after the match ended, he had just said like, oh, uh, what was the actual finish? I didn't see it. So it was it's really weird how I think he just kind of waits for certain moments. And once he gets them, then he just moves on that. He doesn't really watch the matches. I think he just gets the clips that he needs because he knows that he wants to get one clip and then wants to. He already knows that they're going to do a finish. So someone should already be capturing that. You know what I mean? Mm. It's kind of like when you do a template that you already know what's going to happen that you just need certain things and then the rest kind of just write themselves. You know? Right. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, man. So we got Kelly Kelly by Pinfall, Pinfall, Pinfall <laughs> at uh, 201. Yes. And then we cut back to a backstage promo with AJ and Primo still looking for some alone time and alone space <laughs> they can find themselves. And then they walk into one of the rooms and they find... Maxine and Hornswoggle. Lip locking. Yes. <laughs> this I uh, totally forgot about back in the day because I vaguely remembered their feud when this happened, but I forgot that they actually uh, kissed and make up. K- mm-hmm. Kissed and make. Kissed and made up. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what I had, I had Maxine getting it in with Hornswoggle, <laughs> question mark, exclamation mark. Yeah. All caps. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was that one. <laughs> and it went to another commercial. Um, then we come back with the uh another rookie diva challenge, the wedding gift scramble. Mm-hmm. I guess the easiest way to describe this would be that they had what was it like Maxine? whom I'm guessing rushed out there. Yes. Maxine, <laughs> Naomi, AJ, and Caitlin, mm-hmm. a table full of gifts wrapped up, and I guess a flag in one of them. Yeah. And whoever, you know, once they call time, they all rip them shreds, and then <laughs> whoever comes out with the flag is winner. Yeah. Caitlin was winner. Yeah. Well, yeah. What was cool about this is that this finally confirmed that some at least some of the challenges are real because Kevin Dunn was saying, okay, just make sure to get a slow-mo shot ready for whoever finds it. Mm. So this confirmed finally that uh, I believe we kind of heard in some interviews before, especially with the FCW one that we'll talk about later Mm -hmm. where Heath Slater said like, oh yeah, they just had us do these real random live challenges from week to week. So this one also confirms it here with Kevin Dunn because Kevin Dunn does, you know, he's not playing any half K or for mm-hmm. or full K baby. He's literally just directing the show. So yeah, this confirmed that he was waiting for uh just the, the right shot for whoever actually ended up winning this contest. We could be setting up the ring for the um the wedding presents uh scramble. Six to alpha, five, four to alpha, three, two, one, tip alpha. Music go guys. Take this music over nicely, Randy. Going to Matt in three, two, one, go Matt. Okay. First off, congratulations go to AJ, a side of you we never saw, winning the kissing contest. Now, this is our last competition, AJ. If you win this, you're tied for immunity. What was interesting is that he missed it. Like I think everyone missed it because Caitlin had found the flag and kind of sneaked off into the corner. Mm-hmm. And that the cameraman initially didn't see it. And 
I kind of saw it when I did a replay where she, yeah, she did sneak off and ran with it because the camera was mostly focused on Maxine, who was uh, unwrapping a gift on the floor. Mm. That the cameraman was focused on that. That finally, when I think someone had informed Dunn that Caitlin had already got it, then he was just screaming like, "Oh, okay, put the camera on her, put the camera <laughs> on her." And then yeah, that's where we saw the camera with. Uh, oh, that's hella funny because yeah. our show was they sure did like, "Oh, you already have it." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so they totally missed the shot because she actually did just kind of <laughs> grab it and sne- sneaked off. Super of it. smooth, <laughs> man. All right, what was that? That was a diva challenge. Ugh. Yeah, and then now we got uh, we get a bunch of like um videos and stuff yeah so we start with the stand-up for wwe yeah which um right after you told me about what it was <laughs> i forgot yeah and then i was like you know what not paying attention yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then we go to commercial we come back with the graphic for the free or fired survivor, survivor series. series yeah i don't know what that is <laughs> so this is still continuing the storyline oh i guess Another interesting part is when Kevin Dunn was calling these, there was a graphic, I think, for probably WWE.com when they came back from commercial. But he had said, like, oh, yeah, just get the bragging rights music ready. And I was like, wait, why would he get that ready if they're promoting Survivor Series? But I guess what they do is they still maybe have the license for whatever song that they had for a previous pay-per-view. Because this was the pay-per-view before Survivor Series. And I guess they, since they still have it, they said, yeah, might as well just use it for whatever graphic that we had. <laughs> so when they were showing that graphic, they played a song. And I think it was the bragging rights theme. So, you know what? There was something like really disjointed about seeing that in my yeah. head. Because I was like, what? Why do I feel like I already heard this? Exactly. So, yeah, that's what I was kind of thrown off because it was that. Then I think it was the stand up for WWE. And then he had the feast uh, freed or fired uh, graphic on screen. But then that had the new Survivor Series theme at that point. So Mm. it was very interesting how, like I said, this is just my theory is that they probably still had the license for like another day or two. And they were like, "Eh, might as well just use it if we have it. You know, nice. Yeah. Then we get another. Another backstage <laughs> promo. AJ and Primo still searching for that alone time. <laughs> one spot, and they finally found that they found it outside of a crate. Yes, and then uh, the crate was shaking. They said, "Why is it shaking?" They turn and hit the corners. Dolph Ziggler and Caitlyn make kissy faces. <laughs> Not even kissy faces. Full, full on sm- blown <laughs> kisses. Yeah, making out. Like what is this? It is the wedding episode. That's what it is. Yeah, and then uh, we get that, of course. Of course, Vic Guerrero sitting out there fuming. Yeah. And then the Bella Twins are looking like, oh, my God, Vicky, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so fake. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, so then Vicky storms back there and confronts Dolph and Caitlin and, like, I think she, like, attacks Caitlin. And then uh, two random-ass dudes just in the background holding cake, like a big-ass yeah. cake for no mm-hmm. reason. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> and she got some cake on her. She got caked. <laughs> she got caked. And then we go to an in-ring like a uh, kind of promo of them setting up the ring. And the commentators are like, oh, <laughs> Josh was like, oh, man, this is that's coming along. Great. Look at they're building a <laughs> ring and they're building. It's going to be a great wedding. And then like Michael Cole is sitting over there fuming like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> Not even with it. That's hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. Then we get another commercial. Yeah. After that, we get um, we it's wedding time. Yes, and then we go in the, now. If you've seen a WWE wedding, <laughs> you know what's coming. If you haven't seen a WWE wedding, let us tell you they are usually when Dudu and Fan meet head on collision. Yeah, what uh from your memory, what has been. Other than this one, obviously, what has been your favorite wedding segment of all time? <laughs> um, Edge and Vicky Guerrero. Oh, when right. they introduced Alicia Fox, basically. Yeah. Um. Oh, uh, Test and Stephanie is probably up that's there. That's probably the iconic that's, one. That's probably my absolute favorite, to be honest. Because then, like, what he took her to the wedding chapel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably the most iconic one. Um. Damn, who at this point I'm just trying to remember them. Yeah. Kane Lita. Yeah. Daniel Bryan and goddamn AJ Lee. Yeah. Um, man, I feel like there's 
I'm missing something. One of my favorites is the renewing the vowels of Triple H and Stephanie, because that's when Triple H was a full on baby face, but Stephanie was the heel. Mm. And then I forget the exact reason where she wanted to remarry because of something. And then Triple H uh, just took off the ring and then she was so pissed off. And then Vince was uh, hella mad. We're like, what are you doing? And then he just tries to pedigree him, but he messed up. So then they, they run the pedigree spot again. <laughs> and then at the very end, that's when he pie faces Stephanie. And then they just end with like a great shot of Stephanie just so pissed off. And she just like does like a women's roar. I like, remember that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there it is. It's so, it was I this thought, is this I, is after boobs, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah I remember this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> they're so good because they're always so bad. Yeah. Like, you, ah. I think the what the only one that was like almost successful was Macho Man Elizabeth. Yeah, that one actually happened. <laughs> but then the only shenanigans that happened was the post wedding where they were just doing the what do you, what is that? What is that called? The the reception. The reception, yeah. When they're all just partying at a different place outside of the arena now, and then that's when, uh, of all people, the Undertaker and Jake the Snake <laughs> like just crash it, and then they beat up Macho, and then I think that's where they uh, scare Liz off with with one of his snakes, uh, Damien, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I just it's just so random that it's the Undertaker and Jake Roberts of all people. <laughs> Golly. Such you a good remember, time. You um, the, remember uh, the one with Billy and Chuck was funny? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that, one was, that one was funny. Was like, what? That was the one with uh, We're not gay. Bischoff and Three Minute Warning at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> and better now. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that guy so much, but I love him. <laughs> I can't live. I can't have wrestling without Eric Bischoff. I know. So those are just some memories of some <laughs> iconic WWE weddings that we had. Yes. Uh, feel free to message us with some of your favorites. Exactly. And we get on to this one. And uh, so we got, we basically have like, you know, we got Oksana and we got Goldust, who is uh, also trailed by his father, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, mm-hmm. and his younger brother, the dashing <laughs> Cody Rhodes. And, uh, you know, we get there and then they do their vows and he basically cuts a gold dust promo. Yes. Uh, Oksana goes and then she talks about how she is going to love gold dust like she loves this country. Yeah. She leads a, a USA chant. All right. Yeah. Um, never fails. And then we get to the that part where they, you know, they go uh, <laughs> the best part. Of yeah, it. <laughs> it's um, does anybody have anything to object? And you know, Cody and them was like, "Nah, we cool." And then uh, <laughs> lo and behold, the wedding officiant says, "I object." I, I was so thrown off. <laughs> I was like, "What?" So like, I was like, Jamie had just got home, so I was like talking to her for a little bit. I was explaining like the wedding. And then, like, he goes, I object. And I look back hella fast because I was like, is he somebody that I didn't recognize or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. And then he goes, and then I go, this is like, why do you object? Or yeah. like, yeah, something like that. And he goes, because everybody's got a price. I was like, oh, I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, you did check that full belt. You holding it still. Yeah. And then here comes uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. and Maurice. No, excuse me. It's I come for money. <laughs> oh man, Ted DiBiase Jr. in the flesh with Maurice talking yes. about like, look, player, you ain't gonna have no wedding unless I get my belt back. And Goldust is like, hell no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks and he says, Dad, like, what we gonna do? And Dusty's like, Well, I was out here, Daddy. <laughs> And I found me a good Southern, a good Southern Baptist in good Southern in Mississippi. Mississippi who's going to come down here and take care of this for us. Everything's going to be fine. And then uh, they hit the music. Money, money, money. <laughs> oh. so clean into it. And it's all like, I'm at this point, 
I'm totally bought in. Oh, marking man. out. I was like, what, Ted DiBiase? And he comes out, and then I was like, I told Jamie, I was like, you know what? He turned into such a like handsome old man. He like did, you would have never thought that he was a professional wrestler that used to stuff hundred dollar bills in people's mouths and make kids kiss his feet. Like because I think he became a legit minister, but he yeah, looked he, like a legit minister. He looked like if you was like like if you just really didn't know, yeah, you would just been like, why is there a minister pastor out here right now? What is going on? But no, he came out. His son is looking at him crazy, like, Dad, what the heck? Yeah. He goes, <laughs> makes his way down to the ring and he, uh, you know, leads them through their vows. And then he's like, But, Dad, why would you do this? He goes, Well, son, because the look on your you face fish. right now is priceless. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this is so good. And then he marries them together. And then, like, Golda says, like, I do. And then when it comes to Oksana, and she, like, slapped that fool. And Oksana, do you take Goldust to be your lawfully wedded husband? Yes, I do. Ha! Well, by the authority invested to me, I now pronounce you man and wife. Invested? He's always talking about money. Goldust? You can now kiss your bride. Oh, wait a minute. It's dust. <laughs> oh, best part of the show in six months. Oh! I told you. I told you she was a wench. You didn't tell me anything. But cool, they're married, right? Yeah, they're married. God, poor guy. Imagine how the honeymoon's gonna go. Well, Goldust's gonna have to go back on the internet tonight. <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> out of nowhere. She slapped Goldust and it's like, what? What the heck? And then she, you know, Goldust already said I do, so I guess the marriage is I think what did they both say I do? So they both they, are no, they both said I do. Yeah. And then they got to the uh like you may kiss the bride. Yeah. Wham! Ham hocked that fool in the face. What did the five fingers say to the face? Slap <laughs> straight to him. And then um she stormed off, making a heel turn. Yes. Did uh did Josh and Cole say anything here? Because at this point for me, Kevin Dunn, <laughs> Kevin Dunn after uh DiBiase Sr. came out, Kevin Dunn was just laughing and he was like, Well, only in the WWE that <laughs> this stuff this stuff happens. But after the slap happened, obviously I, I can't hear Cole or uh, any of the wrestlers because they're not saying anything, but did Josh and Cole say anything? Bro, me neither. Yeah. At this point, I'm fully bought into what this like train wreck has just yeah. unfolded and given me that like they didn't throw out anything at this point that uh, really stuck out. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. more than what was kind of going on. And they they, you know, they kind of stayed out of it mm-hmm. just because there was so much to be like kind of digested. But you know, like after Ted DiBiase says something, they kind of like chuckle, be like, ha ha, take that. Like, yeah. But it was pretty much a raw segment mixed in with NXT. Yeah. That was actually pretty tight. Yeah. yeah it yeah. was a pretty dope segment for sure. Yeah. No, I I just remember vaguely this episode with the wedding part but when i was just watching watching it and just listening to kevin dunn's calls i was like dude this looks so good as far as just the the shenanigans that are going on that it's uh i i forgot how much they still put into the show even though that was a dot-com show you know what i mean bro like the shenanigans were turned all the way up. Yeah. Like, it was just full fledged <laughs> everywhere. Everybody, they did all of this. She stormed off. And now we got our second elimination coming mm-hmm. up. Yeah. This is the uh, man. It's still an elimination episode. People this like is, it's not over. Yeah. So this is the closing segment of the episode where I believe Naomi has immunity at this point. Since, Correct. since Caitlin had won the last challenge and tied AJ. So at this point, Naomi is safe, so we have it between the last four women. Who are Caitlin, Maxine, AJ, and Aksana, mm-hmm. fresh off of her wedding. It's funny how she stormed out, but she had to come back. Come down. right back and just like look interested in what's going on here. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, they did the thing where they flicker their faces on the screen mm-hmm. like what is that what does that simulate to me does that simulate like the rolling of like when they choose the ball in the royal rumble it 
Like it almost makes it seem random. It, the thing is, we talked about this in season two because in season one they would do the ranking scores, which I preferred. Mm-hmm. And starting, I think midway through season two, they just went to this flashing the the random the random faces. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it seems weird because you don't know if they're actually doing the votes anymore from from the judges and the fans. That it just it does seem like it's just random versus. Your vote counting. You know, yeah, like it really just like when you watch the episodes and then so we get this and then it ends up being Maxine. Yes. So it's like once you see that, it's almost when you're watching it, you're thinking, you know, with the way that Jamie got eliminated. Yeah. She kind of had the the high spot in that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then with the way Maxine went out, she kind of had a, a kind of a, like a big high spot in the show you know, making out with Hortuswoggle. It's like you almost kind of seen it coming when you think of who almost had the biggest moment of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, whoa, I can't believe it's not actually like written in there. Mm-hmm. So it was like, she got eliminated. She cut a promo. And then uh, I, what I put in my notes is that Maxine went out the exact same way she went in, mm-hmm. wanting to be on top, mm-hmm. but ending up on the bottom. Yeah. So she come out <laughs> and then she talked about how like she was just like the different kind of diva and a different kind of woman. Mm-hmm. And then um, how she just needed to be at the top. Yeah. What I had here was that, yeah, they also didn't know who was going to be eliminated. So, yeah, kudos to WWE because I really was exposed more to this episode of they actually formatted the the competition side to actually be legit and yeah going back to the fcw thing they were saying that yeah they these were legit competitions where it wasn't faked or anything that they had to follow i think even the standards of uh any trivia show or any uh elimination show at this time so they really had to make it legit and yeah the only thing that kevin dunn had instructed here was to make sure to just have the outro music ready and to also delay the buzzer when Maxine got eliminated because he didn't say her by name. He just said, okay, whoever gets eliminated when they show the graphic, just make sure to delay the the buzzer a little bit so it doesn't sound too too uh mm. uh rehearsed or you know what I mean? Like mm. so it doesn't seem like they knew who was gonna be eliminated. So they kind of have to even they had to fake it a little bit when it comes to like telling you the truth, <laughs> which I thought was kind of interesting because yeah, I guess if they did the sound effect too early people would think that it's uh it's all staged and mm, yeah so okay. i thought that was kind of cool maxine was heading up to the ring kevin dunn was still looking for those exact shots of okay uh just follow her because she she might go and hug uh alicia fox and that would be like a good closing and oh cool and that's what actually happened so that's how you know he has kind of like a, a eye for got what, that foresight mm-hmm. and yeah they just uh kind of called the replay and it was kind of interesting. He actually, I think he had something else in mind, but then he was just saying that, oh, okay, I, I really like how this is. We can just end with that and then just fade the black. So I thought that was pretty cool that when they actually see something that they like, that they, they'll just run with that instead. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Call it on a fly. Exactly. Baby. So thank you for uh, for leading that because, yeah, since I could not hear any of the episode, I just had to... Uh, Bro, it was a lot. Yeah. There was a lot going on in that episode that was just, like, really easy to digest and yeah. incredibly entertaining. I think I'm going to have to make a switch real quick now that you uh, did that, but I'll let you... Uh, oh, actually... I come for money. Let me uh, change it real quick and then I will go down with the post-match facts here. Oh, <laughs> All right. So this episode is very interesting in the fact that it breaks a couple of records as far as our NXT score tracking, but also with the NXT stats tracking. So as we mentioned earlier, this episode only had one match and it was only two minutes and one second. So now this ranks as the lowest amount of wrestling time on an episode, technically. And it also breaks the record because of that with the wrestling percentage. And it is at a new low record of (laughs) 4.51. So I don't think this record is going to be beaten in a while, if it ever gets beaten, to be honest. Because I, I can't, unless something happens later in this season or season four moving forward, there's like a random one match one minute match with 
a bunch of promos, then I don't. I Bro, don't. we can't put it past this season to just keep breaking their own records. That's man. what I'm saying. Like, they that's just might do it. They still got enough episodes left. That's what I'm saying. That it could still happen where someone can pull off a one minute match and have it be the only match, <laughs> and it then beating the record. So roll up, yeah. <laughs> because yeah, the total time for this episode was 44 minutes and 44 seconds. So that's why the percentage was very low. Another fun fact is that as of this episode with episode 30, 37, the amount, the the total time of matches comes to seven hours and 58 minutes. So if you ever wanted to clock in a full day's worth of matches from episode one to 37, now you know it takes about eight hours to do it. <laughs> and at this point, the overall records, Kelly Kelly actually has the best overall record with three victories and one loss. Ooh. AJ has the best rookie record with three wins and two losses. And Maxine has the worst record with one win and four losses. And another fun fact it wasn't on top. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> And another fun fact that I forgot to mention on the previous episode is that Jamie Keys technically retired on NXT undefeated at two and zero. Ooh, <laughs> two roll up wins. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if they were judging it on the old criteria, technically she shouldn't have been eliminated because she was Hall of Famer, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Hall of Famer. Yeah, Ultimate Warrior Arms and everything. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'll go ahead and let you start off with the uh scoring here. Yeah, man. So um given what they got to work with, yeah. I actually was very kind to the commentary mm-hmm. in that I went with four. Oh, wow. Because they really didn't have that much to work with. Yeah. And then, like, so knowing that it was the wedding episode and it was going to be kind of like a, a crapshoot. Yeah. They added so much extra crap oh, okay. in there yeah. that was dope. And it was like, oh, okay. But it was just like, there was just so much crap going on. What they were saying didn't get trapped in my head as much as what was actually happening in the segment. So like what they were saying was perfect. Like it didn't overshadow what was being shown oh, to okay. you. Gotcha. And it was like the perfect companion for what you were watching. Yeah. So that's why I was like, I thought the commentary was very dope in this episode. Solid foe. Nice. That's uh that's pretty cool. I went ahead and asked you to mimic my score. So I also oh. gave it a four. Yeah. Just because, <laughs> just because since I was listening to the Kevin Dunn version, I did not have the, uh, you the, might even liked it more than I did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'll definitely get to it on the production scoring, but I'm just going to have to mirror your score just to be fair for this episode. Nice. And yeah, I will, if I have the time, I'll definitely try to go back and listen to this episode. Mm-hmm matches I can only give what I was given <laughs> I don't want to do this oh man are we about to do the same thing I think we are yeah but I went one yeah <laughs> because that's that's all we were handed yeah and I can't give you any more than that unless you give me a one five-star match yeah but that match was two minutes yeah that's not gonna happen <laughs> at least a, at least one, one star a minute it's not happening yeah. like it just can't happen yeah so i'm sorry i don't like doing that but it's the truth yeah i really just shadowed you because uh, of the exact same reasonings <laughs> and that's why i had mentioned in the fun facts that this is probably going to be a very interesting scoring <laughs> thing where we were probably going to also break some records in our own scoring because yeah i believe this is the first time not not only one one has happened two ones have happened <laughs> because we both scored it at one as well yeah so, man yeah but uh you know and for production from what i saw <laughs> I gave it a three and a half. Oh, okay. Uh, because I liked it. Nice, nice. <laughs> so, like, I think I thought that um, the production was good in that just the way that they were moving around in like the different areas backstage was very like it was clear. Like, I thought it was a, a cohesive episode, mm-hmm. given it was only one match. So, like, it had better been a con- cohesive episode on like the production front. Yeah. So that was my score for production. Nice, cool. I pretty much very 
something very similar where I gave it a four just because not only that from everything that I saw with the flow of the episode, it did seem really good as far as like if I didn't want if I didn't listen to the Kevin Dunn version, I still would have thought that the way the show was structured, I thought was kind of good where granted yeah we only had one match but it did make up for it for the pacing and storytelling that they were trying to do for the season because they have been building up this oxana and goldust storyline throughout the whole season and then on top of that they were building it throughout the episode which i thought was perfect that's how Mm -hmm. you that's how you capture moments like that with the wedding by doing that slow build but that slow build that actually earns its spot i guess and then yeah on top of it yeah just getting that whole different perspective with just listening to kevin dunn narrate this whole episode and and give you the uh the production schedule and and lineup it was uh it was really cool i i would highly recommend it i'll definitely put the link in the description if you ever wanted to just kind of really hear uh behind the scenes take on how production is granted more than likely this has definitely changed in the last 10 years but to kind of give you a, mm. a a brief idea on like how it is actually produced from one angle i would definitely recommend this episode and yeah i would say that it's given me more of an appreciation because i definitely have seen how productions have been on the on the indie scene with apw on how they uh organize it and even myself have have helped out booking the the episodic TV shows when APW was on TV mm. and then moved on to YouTube. So I've definitely helped out with that formatting. Mm. That's why I kind of format our episodes in the same structure where I kind of do the lineup. And even if it's a, even if it is a match versus a in-ring promo, I still count it as a segment because that's mm. how you go about doing it with television and production. Nice. So I'm very happy to know that my work is at least somewhat on the same page as the big leagues. Definitely. Nice. I'm not comparing myself to it, but at least it's cool that the structure is very similar yeah, at that point. It's like a, like a template that's known for to be successful. So mm-hmm. it's nice to know that, you know, even at the top they're doing like the same stuff. Yeah. So it's like, yo, I can't I be successful there too. Man? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, that, I think you know, that's dope episode. And then for entertainment, Solid four, man. Ooh, nice. Solid four. Like I was enthralled from top to bottom to just to see the different shenanigans that was gonna happen. As you know, that's what really separates WWE from everybody else mm-hmm. is their level of shenanigans. Yeah. That just that's what makes it sports entertainment versus just like a wrestling show. Yeah. The yeah, shenanigans yeah. are never gonna go away. And it's backstage shenanigans and non-wrestling shenanigans. Mm-hmm. That that really makes it like, you know, entertaining for people. Like anybody could like get into it, so it's like if you don't really care for the wrestling, exactly, but yeah. you like shenanigans, yeah, you get that. You know, you get the athleticism if you like that. So shout out to them, solid four man. Nice. I uh, I actually just changed mine on the fly. Where I originally gave it a three because I'll explain why <laughs> that I changed it to a three point five because I think the way you were analyzing it and giving me the feedback of how commentary commentary was that it definitely spiked it for me because since i believe the way that we've structured the score format where we give commentary and matches uh equal parts definitely it felt very off for me to mm. to watch this episode because yeah to not have one yeah, of the yeah, like yeah. main components of the show yeah that's the thing about like a wrestling show like all the different things that we have to score by are like things that you can't really like live without like commentary. If you're watching wrestling without commentary, like you're there, mm-hmm. you know, but if you're watching it on TV without commentary, you're really missing something mm-hmm. there. Cause they have to like, they're basically telling you what you need to be seeing when they make the transitions, different stuff is like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So like to not have that, you're kind of missed out on like, what was you missed out on the presentation mm-hmm. on like who was intended it for. Like, you know, if it, you're intended to watch it as a viewer, you missed out on something that you need integrally. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I can understand how, like, you know, cause certain things you just didn't get, or like if it was supposed to be a surprise, you yeah. knew about it before they came exactly. out. So <laughs> <it's just> like, <laughs> yeah. Mm. So like, you know, it, it makes sense. Yeah. So overall, I think I really was entertained by the episode and now kind of getting your perspective with the mm-hmm. commentary. It, it definitely is. It feels very 50, 50 where I need both aspects mm-hmm. and how you just said that even though we only had one short match this week, that the scoring will probably be somewhat balanced based on the, the other categories that we have just because yeah, the way WWE is structured is not 
a hundred percent pure wrestling that mm. it's a good combination of all these different categories that brings in the wider audience at that point mm-hmm. yeah like even like nxt now mm-hmm. it's like it's still it's still a sports entertainment show yeah, yeah. like but man they still got shenanigans yeah <laughs> just if you haven't seen the last few weeks of nxc that proves it right there Jesus Christ! did you see yesterday's i have not seen yesterday's oh, God, watch yeah. that one there's all kinds of shenanigans in that one <laughs> all right so with that our combined score for this episode i'm very interested is a Ooh, it evened out to a 3.1. So Right, it balanced out with all them foes. Yeah, all the fours and all the ones. Yeah, I think for sure now that is the most off-balance scores that we've ever done because, first of all, it's a, our first time ever giving out solid ones. <laughs> and, yeah, with the amount of scores for the other categories, it definitely balanced out. But I don't, I don't even think I've given a five yet. Yeah, I, I don't... I think I give one five when it came to either production or entertainment, but yeah, I think you give it one. I yeah. think I'm gonna get one once I see somebody I hella recognize. Yeah, <laughs> hold up. So that will do it for that episode. And on the next episode, we have the main event between the Miss. I should say we have the main event between Mrs. Goldust herself, Oksana. Going up against Mrs. J? J. I don't know what you saw it is. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. Might be Jimmy. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm gonna go with J, and then if it's wrong, I'll just edit just it out. Miss Uso. Yeah, Miss Uso. <laughs> be safe. Uh, Naomi herself in the main event for next week. Uh, I don't know which one is. <laughs> I'm actually, yeah, I'm looking forward to that match because of how we mentioned before. Naomi is probably one of the stronger technical woman's on the show and oksana has just been really improving these last few weeks herself is this is when we get black hair oksana not yet God. yes i believe that is when she hits the cesaro phase of her life <laughs> yeah. that's, that's only when she'd be messing with teddy long yeah yeah God. so we have a while <laughs> we'll, de- we'll definitely follow up when we get there though. all right <laughs> you're all i've ever wanted but i'm terrified of you yeah, that will do it for this episode. I uh, wanted to give a shout out to our good friends at Adventures of Carlian. Highly recommend their site if you're into travel or into or if you're into uh, more spiritual journeys like yoga or just personal training and even cooking, which I thought was really cool that my boy Carl uh, is a personal chef. So mm. if, uh, if you ever want any custom meals definitely hit them up and i will put their info in the description below as well nice uh did you have any fun I don't m- not this week i'm hoping to have um lots of shout outs next yes awesome cool so that will do it for us on this episode and stay tuned God. for the post-wedding shenanigans shenanigans <laughs> and uh that will do it for us and we will see you next time suck it